well, my heart, my body, my whole femininity is buzzing right now. I just finished and can't wait to share this conversation with the amazing Claire Baker. If you are not familiar with Claire's work, she is sharing a whole array of different ways to embrace and embody the menstrual cycle and live in feminine flow with our cyclic nature. She has a brand new book out called 50 Things to Know About Your Period. You are not going to want to miss this episode if you want to create a more harmonious, loving, and in-flow, cyclic, cosmic just epic journey with yourself because our period and our monthly cycle is not just about that one week of our cycle. It is so, so much more. It is an entire month. It is our entire being. And I can't wait to introduce her to you if you are not already familiar with her amazing work. And because we are all about that feminine flow and that luxury that comes with connecting with ourselves, this episode, I've partnered with the beautiful family-run business. Bridget is the beautiful degree-educated naturopath who runs Clements Organics. I have a code for you guys, which is KTD15, and you can find them on Instagram or their webpage at Clements Organics. They are the most luxurious, beautiful, no nasties, no toxins, just amazing skincare and body nourishing beauty brand that I have ever come across. I use so many of their products, but the two that I recommend above all else, because, you know, I could list, I could list five that I use every day, but my two favorites are the ultimate skin cream and also the refining cleanser. I absolutely love those. It's the most, the cream I use it morning and night, and I, I know you don't necessarily, not every skin type will want to use that, but it is just, it's so creamy and just so decadent, and I know that I'm putting something on my skin that is actually not only doing good, but it is not doing any harm because our skin is our biggest organ, and you know, so much shit gets hidden in these bottles um, by companies that don't even have to declare what's in them. So if you are looking for a more natural, holistic, but still like luxurious skincare regime and brand or body lotion, check out Clements Organics KTD15 and Bridget will sort you out there with 15% off any of the products that you order. But enough of me talking, I wanna introduce Claire Baker to you, or at least if you do know her, share this amazing, empowering conversation with you around all things feminine flow. Claire Baker, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I am so glad to bring the work that you're doing to my audience, if they aren't familiar with you already, which I'm sure they are, but welcome. Oh, what a wonderful intro, Katie. Thank you. I'm really (laughs) pleased to be here with you. And so you're in London now at the moment? 
Mm-hmm. I am. I am. So it's 8 a.m. here this morning. What What about you? It's 5 p.m. here in Oz, like in, oh, well, I'm in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So close to Sydney, but yeah, a beautiful time difference, but we've made it work finally. Now, I, I know about the work that you're doing in the world. Can you please just loop everyone in on what it is that you do and how it is that you're doing it at the moment? Sure. So my work is... Um, I guess it sits at the intersection of menstrual cycle awareness and health and life coaching. So I love to teach women and people with periods how to work with their menstrual cycle rather than pushing against it, which is what I did for a really long time. And I know that you know many other women do too. So I teach about the different phases in the menstrual cycle. I teach people how to chart their cycle, how to understand and work with their menstrual superpowers and their strengths in each phase, but also take care of their vulnerabilities and their more tender points as well. So we're looking at the cycle in its entirety rather than just focusing on, say, like the period or the bleeding phase. But we're also looking at how we can use it as, how we can use menstrual cycle awareness as another tool in our self-care kit that we can turn to to better understand ourselves, better take care of ourselves, um, better, you know, optimize our creativity and connect to ourselves in, in a spiritual way. So it's more than just fertility or tracking period pain or premenstrual symptoms, although that all comes into it. But it's really about how knowing our body and having this body literacy around menstruation and around all of the different phases of our cycle is actually, you know, it really should be essential knowledge in my opinion. Um, but it's definitely a really powerful practice to add to any of the other wonderful self-care rituals, routines that people are already integrating in their life. Because when we approach self-care or even creativity or personal development from a linear lens we're just going to fall down because we're cyclic (laughs) beings and we move on this on this monthly rhythm and so my approach is about just stepping away from that linear um linear approach and taking yeah taking a more cyclic um view on on ourselves and on life as well And you're so beautifully transparent with your cycle and the days like you often share, you know, like um, little updates and everything on the cycle days throughout your Instagram profile. And I first came across would have been a couple of years ago now when you first started um, or when I became aware of this whole beautiful seasonal cyclic trend that, um, well, it's not it's not a trend. It's a it's an actual it's been eons that this has been a thing um, for as long as we've been around but it blows my mind like the whole seasonal nature of it but at the same time it's the most natural thing can you walk us through the seasons because it's totally changed the way that I view my ups and downs my month to month my business everything and that's all thanks to the way that you've you've opened my eyes and thousands of women to it um can you explain the seasons to us a little bit? Definitely. Like I know it's mammoth, but yeah, take <laughs> us into it. So one of the biggest misconceptions that I hear around the menstrual cycle is that there's the one week that we're bleeding when we have our period and then the rest of the time is just kind of the same. And that's certainly what I thought before I, I dove into this work. And if you are on hormonal contraception, then that is your experience. Whereas if you have a natural menstrual cycle, actually, 
there are these four distinct hormonal phases and you may very well feel different from week to week, you may very well feel different from day to day. Like our hormones are changing by the hour. They're not they're not static. So we can look at this through the lens of the of the four seasons of the year, which I think is just really beautiful to see that our body moves through this same like ebb and flow that Mother Nature moves through every year as well. So we can start with spring. And spring is akin to the week after your period has finished. So most people, when even if they're brand new to this work, understand the idea that when your period finishes and you're no longer bleeding, you get this lovely surge of energy and can often feel quite light in your body, feeling like you want to get back out into the world, get things done. There's like an energy of momentum. And this is because the hormone estrogen is on its way up. So it's leading up to ovulation here and preparing the body to enter into the fertile window of the menstrual cycle. And whether or not conception or contraception is on your mind at all, estrogen is still preparing us for something, preparing us to create something. So there is this surge in motivation, in focus, in playfulness and wanting to experiment, maybe reconnect with people again. And for a lot of um, a lot of women, this is definitely one of their favorite phases in the menstrual cycle for that reason, because there is this like lovely feeling of being supported and moving back out into the world. So it's our spring phase and it's the pre-ovulatory phase in the menstrual cycle. So we're transitioning up to ovulation in that phase. Mm-hmm. Then we move into the summer and this is this is ovulation. So the body here is releasing an egg. This is uh, moving up into the fertile window in the menstrual cycle. And summer is, is great as well. You know, for a lot of people, they really thrive here. We have the highest levels of estrogen that we'll see in the menstrual cycle. Plus, we have a bump of testosterone here too. And that combination of hormones, that peak in hormones, can lend itself to feeling quite confident, uh, feeling quite turned on, sexy, very resilient, wanting to be with people and to connect. A lot of people notice that they are more extroverted in this phase, that tolerance for groups and for socializing is higher. Mine definitely is. Yeah. As an an introvert, like I really make the most of this time because I know that I can, you know, collaborate during the day with people at work, teach a a circle or a, a group workshop, go out for dinner with friends and still have like time and energy left for my partner. Like I just have more capacity to hold space. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I was just looking Mm -hmm. then before I'm like day 12 now. And I am thinking back to like my conversations like today. And I noticed the way that I show up on social media. I'm like cracking jokes and double gunning it. And then it just, it's definitely not that way when I'm coming into like my autumn or like day yeah. one of my cycle, um, for sure. I think my Instagram stories could probably be like, if you looked at the pattern of my stories, it would be a very direct correlation between me doing face-to-camera stories and being in my summer phase because there is just this, yeah, like wanting to connect and chat and be out in the world and there is this like superwoman energy and it feels great. You know, it can also feel really great. I will say for ovulation, for some people can actually be quite overwhelming and that energy feels too much or their energy is drained by the process of ovulation and there might be complex feelings coming up here around 
motherhood and wanting to become a mother or issues with your relationship with being a mother and sexual trauma. There's lots of things. There's lots of reasons yeah. why ovulation can also be tricky. And I, I think it's always important to name that because although my experience, like yours, Katie, is very much about like, you know, chatty and resilient and super social and happy, I, I recognize that that's not the case for everyone. No. Um, it's a powerful time. Well, I remember when I was trying to conceive my boys, everything sort of went down into a two-week wait, the, mm-hmm. my whole life in everything. And it was like the two-week wait up until mm-hmm. ovulation. And then if you're, you know, that's a really intense time. And then you've got the two-week wait after that to see if you'd actually fallen pregnant. And it's all, yeah, so I can totally relate to that experience within the cycle as well. And then... Funnily enough, as a single woman now around that ovulation time, I find myself like ramping up. It's like a hormonal thing. Like my body's just almost wanting to look for a partner. It becomes more intense around that time that I'm more focused on that or more curious or aware of, you know, the males in my world and that sort of thing. It's bizarre when, well, it's nature. Um, and quite funny. And then all of a sudden it must be when those hormones drop off. I'm like, I could just go and start a new series on Netflix. Love it. I mean, you just perfectly described the difference between estrogen and progesterone, which is just, it's so, it is, it amuses me to no end every cycle because you're right. Estrogen's job is to prepare the body for fertility and also to make you feel more attractive, to make you more attractive to the opposite sex, you know, to turn you on so that you are having sex and hopefully procreate. Like that's essentially the job of that hormone on a very primal level. And then we have progesterone and progesterone swoops in after ovulation to to nurture a potential pregnancy, you know, in case there is one there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, progesterone is far less interested in getting you out of the house. And, and that hormone is much more about keeping you safe, keeping you well, avoiding risks, nurturing yourself, nurturing your body. Um, you know, it wants you to be, like, the most nourished version of you as possible. And so there is then a, a, a different sense in the body. There may be a drop in physical energy. We might notice that we are less tolerant for other people. We want to spend more time alone. We often become more frustrated and irritated with things that might not have bothered us for the last you know, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is good like it's all really natural and normal I think where a lot of people get stuck is they aren't aware of this and then they have this like super high week of at ovulation feeling fantastic and then the lead up all feels great and then there's this shift in hormones and progesterone comes in to take over the last half of the cycle and because there isn't this awareness um, often people stumble and fall and blame themselves for not being consistent or wonder what's wrong with them when actually it's really normal to feel a shift now it's not normal to say that um, you know that we should be experiencing premenstrual symptoms every month, like bloating or breakouts or intense mood swings or, you know, really debilitating um, mental health issues are at, at that, that premenstrual week in our autumn phase, which we've now moved into. But it is, it is okay if there is, if you feel a shift and you do feel like spending more time on your own, setting some boundaries, saying no, just taking a bit more me time and, and using that time to reflect, to, to be creative, but, you know, in your own way, less about delivering something for other people or less about maybe collaborating with other people. For me, 
I love like getting into my creative cave when I'm in my autumn and I can really do some like deep work here in this phase of the cycle. So I'm actually on day 26 today and I might bleed tomorrow or maybe the next day. Yeah. And the last few days I, I know that when I'm in my autumn, if I've got like a pretty clear working day, I can really get in, turn some music on, got my cup of tea, I've got some chocolate on hand and I can just get in the zone and, and work. But if I have a day that's full of lots of calls and appointments and I'm like having to get in and out of the house during the day and I've, I know I've got social stuff again later that evening, I'm, I'm less likely to be able to, to find that creative place. Whereas my summer woman is just like, cool, like bring on all the interviews, bring on the social plans. I can like spin all the plates and do it all. So there's a difference here. Like there's often a misunderstanding, I think, or there's lots of misunderstandings about autumn. But one of them is that it's a bit of a write-off week and it's just not the case at all. You just need to understand how to work with your superpowers in that week and take good care of yourself and, yeah, and be, and be kind to yourself in that week as your body makes that transition towards bleeding, slowing down, preparing to release. And once we then move into the winter phase, which is the bleeding phase, when we have our period, we can let go and we can release and press restart and set ourselves up for a brand new cycle by hopefully taking a little bit of time out if we can and recharging, resetting, nourishing ourselves, connecting with our intuition, getting our priorities sorted for the next cycle, just really pressing pause on the outside world as much as is possible within the reality of our life and just taking a moment to to assess, you know, where are we at in our life, how are we going, how are we feeling and giving ourselves lots and lots of love on our period. And that sets us up for a really lovely new cycle so that we can move into that spring phase with all of that lovely energy and momentum that I described earlier, but we're moving into that feeling aligned and feeling clear in our intentions for the new cycle. So that might take, you know, half a day to just sit down and and do some reflecting and nap and just check in with our heart and like, how are we feeling? What's important to us for this new cycle? It might be 10 minutes. Um, It might be a couple of days sometimes, you know, something might, the miracle might open up and you've got, you've got time to like really drop in. But I do recommend that even if it is just for 10, 20 minutes when you're bleeding to just like ask for help, shut the door, be with yourself, turn some chilled music on, have a cup of tea, like sit down with your journal and just really connect with yourself because there is a, yeah, there's a really very powerful, ah, <sighs> I can feel myself like getting so close to it being on day 26 today. It's kind of like this portal to yourself opens up at that time if we if we yeah. allow it. And it is the natural point in the menstrual cycle to rest. Hormones are at their lowest levels. And the body is involved in a really intense physiological process of releasing our uterine lining from the past month. So it's okay to, to stop and rest here and chill and just take a moment to be with, with yourself. And I find that when I do that, and I do hear this anecdotally from clients and students and friends, that when we do take a moment to just pause and, you know, take, take a pit stop here, then we have more energy for the rest of the seasons in the cycle to come. And so they're the four seasons of our cycle. And so beautifully explained, without a doubt. It's just, it's so... <laughs> 
like reassuring to hear it all makes sense. Like obviously we feel it and we're in it and we're living it within our bodies, but to also understand the hormonal and the scientific side of it, but have it embodied and encompassing with the, like that beautiful seasonal spiritual side. And I think Mm -hmm. that what you were saying about the winter phase and our bleed, giving it, it's all comes down to that awareness about where you're at and what it means and then giving yourself permission to have it mean something else other than what it may have meant for you which was always like for me when it was like you get your period it was always because I've had like five or six surgeries with endometriosis over the years the period my period was always such a doomsday experience but now knowing what I know and choosing to live with it and alongside it and within that cycle that, that beautiful bleed is such a nice release and it's, you know, it's a welcome part of the cycle and it's permission to rest and chill and go easy rather than push that, through, yeah. push through. I love that you've used the word permission. I, I think that's a really important word to name. It, menstrual cycle awareness is very much about permission. It's, we've been conditioned you know, in, in the Western world that most of us are, are operating in to to be almost like a machine, you know, to be on every day and to always be focused on output and KPIs and to deliver and to serve and to be everything to everyone in our lives. And we're actually really good at that, you know. Like, yeah. Most women I know don't struggle with productivity. Like they struggle with, you know, taking time for themselves and resting. And so it does feel like a giant permission slip to just not be a machine and to not be at 100% in the way that we perceive 100% to be, you know, to realize that we are powerful and, and, and worthy and loved on every day of our menstrual cycle. And we are capable and we can do all of the things on every day. I'm not saying that we can't, but this is a permission slip to just be as we are on any day of our cycle, give ourselves what we truly need and what we think we need. And, um, yeah, to just give out, like giving ourselves that permission slip creates this self-trust throughout the cycle. It builds self-authority and, and it certainly contributes to, to feelings of self-love as well. Um, because, you know, we then become the authority in our own lives. We're not looking for external, um, resources, you know, or authority figures to tell us what we, what we need to do. You know, we become that authority. And I think that's really beautiful. I love that. I love that. So now your book, Major Mm. Asset Woman in the Movement of Embracing Our Periods and Menstrual Cycles and Reuniting Women, especially like in this Western culture where we've had such a disconnect for many of us. And I know that's a sweeping generalization because that hasn't been, may not have been everyone's experience, but it was certainly mine. Talk us through the concept and your vision behind the book because you snuck that out on us. (laughs) Like I was, cause I follow you like a creep, like on Instagram, like you're one of my favorite people. And then it's like, Hey, look what I've done. I'm bringing out this amazing book, 50 things. So, okay. Talk us through the title, the book, the concept. It's amazing. Aww, I have it. Thank I'm a you. fan. It should be in every woman or young woman's kit in my opinion. Thank you so much for saying that. It's funny, I've really noticed that about myself actually is that I do keep things quiet for quite some time um, before I announce them. And I actually do think just to kind of sort of 
segue slightly for a moment. I do think that has come through working with my menstrual cycle. I've, I noticed maybe a few years ago that I was, I would announce things maybe too early, you know, before they were actually ready, um, perhaps still when they were in the ideas stage. And then sometimes they wouldn't eventuate, right? Because not everything does and that's okay. But then I would feel like I had to always give an explanation or like I would feel kind of guilty or bad that I hadn't delivered on the thing I said I was going to create for people. And so I started practicing just, you know, holding it a little bit more closely to my chest and to my heart while I was still creating creating it. And I could see how it related to the idea of the cycle, like releasing something too early, you know, when maybe we're in the winter or spring phase of, of the creative process rather than really being in the summer when it does make more sense to actually release something into the world because some things won't make it past the winter or spring phase of an idea. And um, and that's been, yeah, a practice I've, I've really been working on for the last few years that served me. So I appreciate you. Um, naming that but the book so I actually started writing the proposal for this book four years ago and I started to submit to, to publishers towards the end of 2016 and had a couple of rejections and you know people weren't really interested in it it has changed like I've been doing this work for quite a number of years now and I've just seen the landscape change so much around periods and the menstruation conversation. And it was really interesting that, you know, four years ago, people weren't really that that interested. And I think that it was definitely increasing, um, but publishers weren't that keen. So I started then just honing and honing and honing this proposal. I had some great feedback. And so I've been working on this proposal. I think the books had like four or five different incarnations. And it started out to be a much longer book more in-depth book um it started out with like everything that I had learned or experienced about menstrual cycles like everything I had trained in it was it was there was just so much I kind of wanted to put everything I had learned into this book and as I began to then work with my agent and then work with different um teachers in writing proposals and understanding I guess understanding the market more and speaking more with different publishers and getting more rejections and more no's over the last few years by the time I, I finally you know got a yes from a publisher and I got a couple by this stage because I think what I had done was that I had realized that I'd come to the realization that what what people need is actually a more simple playful and accessible approach to periods there are a lot of quite in-depth and, and even, you know, quite clinical books on the menstrual cycle already out there. And do you know what, Katie, like I have some of those books literally sitting next to me on my bookshelf and I treasure them. I love them. I reference them. I recommend them. But what I noticed was that there wasn't something that was just simple, warm and fun and that could be easily understood and also implemented right away. The truth is that cycle charting is actually quite a um, – simple practice and you know and you can yeah. start it on any day on any day of your menstrual cycle you don't actually need to understand um the hormonal fluctuations you don't actually need to understand the intricacies of the of the female reproductive system at all all you need to do is just to understand a basic premise of the seasons like you and I just went through and also to just understand what you 
are looking for when you're doing your charting every day. And so I wanted to create a book that offered that so that people could just get started right away. They didn't need to read this like very in-depth book before that they had the information. I just really wanted to make it accessible. And it's it's a beautiful book. It's been illustrated um, by a wonderful illustrator, Rosalina Bokova, and she's just added so much warmth and life to the book with these illustrations. It's stunning. And yeah. It's and so, that's, so beautiful. That's really it's a completely different book to what I had initially set out to write. Um, but I love it. I really love how simple it is and how beautiful it is. And as I said, just how accessible it is. That was really important to me. Well, I think you've nailed it. And it's 50 things to know about your period, isn't it? Is that, did I say it right mm-hmm. this time? And mm-hmm. I love it. It's a beautiful aqua book. I will put plenty of pictures and everything up when we share this podcast. And yeah, I like I was saying to you before, my niece came over it was on the the table. The kids have seen it. I've got two little boys. It's just a really good conversation starter and it's a warm, just, she just picked it up and she was like fascinated. So that was really, really cool to be able to have that conversation with her. But I've also heard our cycles be called our moon. So is there a theory behind this as well? Like mm-hmm. there's, Yeah, it's a really beautiful and very interesting, quite mysterious connection between the menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle. They both cycles are around, say, 28, 29 days. I know that everybody's um, menstrual cycles can vary, but that's sort of an average-ish cycle. And they both follow the same like the same death and rebirth cycle that I just described, mm-hmm. sort of like the inhale and the exhale. You've got the new moon, the full moon. The moon's always at one of those two poles or you're transitioning, you know, between the, um, the different quarter moons, just like the menstrual cycle. So if you were to go outside tonight and look at the moon, the moon's going to be somewhere you know, in in its cycle and, and will be somewhere in our cycle. And so it is interesting, we, I, you know, as I was writing the book, I was learning more about Indigenous cultures and, um, and ancient um, traditions where there was connection between some goddesses and um, and the moon. You know, at the same time, there are also connections between different gods and the moon. It isn't always female deities, but there, there certainly has been, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, a, a real fascination with the lunar cycle and the menstrual cycle. There is currently no research at all that backs up the theory that um, that we sink with the moon or that um, women bleed more commonly with the new moon, which is often a narrative that I hear is that we're meant to bleed with the new moon. I think, you know, if you feel a connection to the moon, amazing. And if you want to call your cycle your <laughs> moon, do it because it's a beautiful word and, and certainly there is a connection. I kind of like that it hasn't been you know, laid out, all of the cards aren't laid out on the table. Yeah, like a bit it, of mystery. It feels mysterious. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, that's great. You know, I'm happy to sit in the mystery. I don't necessarily need to have the answers. But some people really love charting alongside the moon, and that's definitely something I recommend if you want to to chart the lunar cycle alongside your cycle and just see where, where you sit um, on your journey as the moon moves through its own journey every month. I think that's a really beautiful practice. I think it's always powerful to appreciate and document the other cycles that we're moving through all of the time, like the seasons of the year, moving through the energetic solstices and equinoxes throughout the year, certainly the lunar cycle and the astrological cycles that you might be drawn to. I think it helps to 
help us to understand and, and accept and embrace and celebrate our own rhythm when we recognize that there are so many cycles moving around us all of the time. And so actually there's nothing you know, wrong with us for having a menstrual cycle at all. We're not the anomaly by any means. Like we're, that's, it's, na- it's nature's way of moving through these different cycles and we're just a part of that. It's honestly, and I love any um, invitation to have that connection with the universe. Like I love mm-hmm. looking for that and finding that and embracing that. And I started my bleed day one of, uh, it was the winter solstice that's just gone. And I felt like the ah, most baddest, gorgeous. witchiest woman. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am releasing mm. with the seasons like I was you know it just gave me that little bit of you know internal magic and it's not like I was going around you know telling everyone like oh but I felt that well I have now on the podcast mm. but it was just that little connection and that spark of magic which is you know ritualizing so many like we can ritualize anything but it's just that bringing in that little bit of magic to mm. your cycle and calling it in and allowing it to be what it is and I loved that I thought that was super cool Mm, it is super cool i ovulated actually right on the summer solstice so literally just directly opposite you on all counts and it does it does feel magical and and we create that we can get to you know we create that meaning for ourselves right like how does that feel for you and and how does what meaning do you create like what does that mean for you i think that's um that's where we need to land rather than again looking for external validation it's like i'm going to validate this experience for me because this feels meaningful and important and special well our interpretation of everything is mm. it creates our life experience really doesn't it mm-hmm. yes so mm-hmm. i had a lot of questions come through about hormonal contraception i'd been on it for 14 years i've been off it for over 10 years now but everything has a place for sure. But I'm and I know in terms of charting your cycle for fertility, um, that would be another thing again. But in like, what's your viewpoint? Or I know it's probably hard to say um, because you you know you've got to be careful with everything, <laughs> um, with you know the whole things. Like everyone, no one wants to say anything that will upset anyone. But do you have a personal view of hormonal contraception or? Um, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, like I know that we don't actually get a period when we're on Mm -hmm. hormonal contraception, even though there's a bleed. Can you talk us through a little bit about that? I know that's a big one again. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think it's important. I took hormonal contraception for 10 years. So I was on the pill for a decade from around 16 until about 26. And, you know, sometimes I wonder what it could have been like if I, if I didn't take it. I wonder maybe if I had have understood about charting my fertility and if I had understood how to manage my hormonal acne, which was the number one reason I was taking it. Um, was it? Yeah. yeah. So common. I think that one. I do wonder, like, oh, how could things have been different? Could I have developed this connection with myself earlier? Um, you know, could, how could it have impacted my developing years, my mental health, my self-esteem, all of those things? I have lots of questions about how it could have been, but you know, here we are. Yeah. I don't regret. I don't regret taking it. I I'm glad that I had, you know, a contraceptive option in those early years when I didn't know how to chart my fertility and. Um, 
Yeah, I think that it definitely has its place. I, I really do. I think that it's an incredibly powerful um, medication that we need to, hormonal medication that we need to better understand before we start taking it. I wish I had have been informed more at the time about what the pill actually did do to my body and the, um, the consequences of being on it. You know, it's a trade-off. It is an, it's enormously convenient. It's incredible at preventing unwanted pregnancies. Um, but it's not, it doesn't fix hormones and it's a band-aid solution for hormonal problems. And it does, um, you know, it does prevent certain vitamins and minerals being absorbed into the body. It can mess up gut health. You know, it's got huge implications um, around different cancers. Like it's, it's not, it's not perfect by any means. And so I do think that, you know, if you're taking a pill and you've, you've been curious about maybe coming off it or you uh, are interested in charting a natural cycle and understanding your fertility in a different way or managing hormonal issues naturally, then I, you know, I really want to encourage you to explore that curiosity because there are so many other ways that we can manage fertility that we can, um, you know, work to balance hormones in a natural way that, that doesn't require hormonal contraception, but I don't judge anybody at all for taking it either it's not good or bad it's just you know there's consequences there's pros and consequences um, when you're taking hormonal contraception you aren't experiencing a natural period as you um, just said Katie because you're not ovulating so the pill works by suppressing ovulation that's that's how it prevents pregnancies and so because there's no ovulation happening there is no increase in estrogen like I described there is no spring or summer phases there is then no increase in progesterone to, to come in after ovulation progesterone is um, triggered by ovulation so we don't have that that then shifts into autumn and, and we don't have you know a, a real period it's a withdrawal bleed from just simply not taking the hormones for those um, seven days when you're taking the sugar pill what I hear from some women is that they feel like when they're on hormonal contraception, and I have plenty of students who take the pill and they take my classes, and um, you know my door is open to anybody who is on hormonal contraception. They find that when they're charting, they might experience very subtle levels of like subtle experience of the different seasons. Some people tell me they feel like they're in autumn all of the time. Um, That's I, you know. I, I, do you relate? <laughs> oh, I oh my gosh, I was a madhouse. Like I was yeah. all over the place when I was on yeah. the pill. I was up, down, yeah. here or there, anxious and um yeah. all sorts of things. I was erratic. Um Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's suppressing our nature, you know, it's suppressing our cyclic nature and um I didn't have any issues being on it, but when I came off at Katie it was like, Oh my god, I feel like I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, for the in a way that I I didn't realize that I hadn't felt. I felt more connected to myself. I felt like I could access my intuition more clearly. I felt way more creative, way more turned on. Just like it was like this energy, this like erotic creative life force in myself had been um, reignited after a decade of, of just thinking I didn't really have a sex drive or I didn't really know what I wanted. Suddenly it was like, Oh no, I know what I want. I know yeah. who I am. <laughs> and I want it all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's our bodies do hold so much wisdom and you do share so much. Like you open the door and open the conversation to so many of the ways in which that unfolds and it's shared with us. So what is one thing that you'd hope that the work 
that you're doing right now is achieving within the world? I I just want to come back to that word permission, actually, that you named earlier. I would really love for anyone with a menstrual cycle to just give themselves permission to, to move at your own rhythm you know, to within the realities of your life to, to really embrace that cyclic nature because I believe that it's actually what the planet needs right now, right, is like mm-hmm. a more cyclic approach to everything. We are learning in this like post-capitalist world, world now, we're just obsessed with consumption, that this has, um, you know, an expiry date. We can't continue on the way that we have been, just obsessed with production. We need rest. The planet needs to rest. And so... My, you know, greatest vision is that as, as we as individuals practice menstrual cycle awareness and it spreads out into our families, into our communities, into our schools and workplaces and beyond, that this cyclic approach to life um, actually just becomes the norm. That's my highest vision for this work. I love that. And now I put it out to my audience and my community on Insta if there was any questions for you and we were flooded. So I'm going to just pick a few and we can just do rapid fire questions. So um, I think many of them I've weaved throughout um, our conversation. But all right. So is spotting before and after your period normal? Oh, man. Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I think that if you're regularly noticing lots of spotting of, like, for a few days leading up to bleeding, I would definitely um, do a little bit of inquiry. It could be low progesterone. So that might be something to um, to chat to a, a naturopath or a, um, an integrative doctor about if you're noticing it repeatedly a little bit, maybe you know, one day before. Cool. Um, that doesn't count as day one as well. I'll just say day one of your cycle is that first day of full blood flow. But if you're noticing that there's a quite a few days leading up to your period where it's just not starting, then that could be, you know, a hormonal imbalance that you can easily get sorted out. Exercise during the different phases of your cycle. Is it okay to exercise the whole way through? Yeah, of course. If you want to exercise the whole way through, go for it. Um, but I would say, you know, check in with yourself and ask yourself if that's what your body really wants on every day of your cycle. Many people find that actually adjusting their movement practice and their, their physical routine in the different phases um, helps because their energy levels change, their strength and resilience changes, their desire for different kind of movement changes. And so I would just say, just check in. And I, I definitely move every single day. I have to mm-hmm. um, for my mental health but it changes. So say today on cycle day 26, I'll probably do a yoga class. Once I start to bleed in a couple of days, I'll I'll go for probably like a nice walk and just do some stretching. But, you know, two weeks ago, even 10 days ago, I was doing like lots of high intensity exercise and strength exercise and, you know, a couple of workouts a day, even on some days. So by all means, if you want to work out throughout your entire cycle, go for it, but just make sure you're checking in with what your body really needs on each day. Love that. And period sex. That's all that it says. It's just like a statement. I don't know if that's a question or are we just stating it? Yeah, let's just state it. Period Absolutely. It's totally, yeah, cool. It's totally a thing. If you want to have period sex, go for it. Um, so many, like, you know, so many women feel really turned on when they're bleeding and we get, like I said earlier, we get this lovely reset of systems at menstruation, and that definitely includes sexual energy. I always have sex dreams on um, cycle day three, like without fail. 
I will have an erotic dream. And I, I do. I definitely feel more turned on when I'm bleeding. Um, for me personally, I'm actually not super interested in penetration, like penetrative sex yeah. when I have my period. And like self-pleasure feels really good to me. I love like, you know, orgasming when you're bleeding can definitely help with cramps. So like go for it, whatever feels good for you. Mm-hmm. And, and But some women love having, having penetrative sex when they're, when they're bleeding. So I think there's lots of different, you know, ways you can explore what period sex means to you, if it's by yourself or with a partner, if it's penetrative or not. Um, yeah, enjoy it. If you like it, go for it. Nice. I want to personally say thank you for helping me understand the cyclic nature that is womanhood. You are a true and spicy gift. So where can we get your book? Because this is just the tip of the iceberg. 50 things to know about your periods is a must have like if you want to get it for yourself get it for your girlfriends get it for your daughters for whenever you feel that they're ready to ingest that where can we get the book claire and what's the best way to work with you as well because i know that you have lots of things going on yeah so i mean the best place to get your book is through your local bookstore so you may be able to find it in your local bookseller if they don't have it you can definitely ask them to order it in otherwise if you jump onto my website clairebaker.com slash book then i have some links for ordering it online no matter where you are in the world um and in terms of working with me the best place to learn more about taking a course with me right now is again on my website so clairebaker.com slash courses and I've got different courses that are available for self-study to help you understand self-care and well-being in your menstrual cycle creativity and productivity in your cycle you're connecting with your cycle through journaling all sorts so yeah, that's all happening on my website and I'd love to welcome some new faces into my classroom. I also have a new free class that I'm really excited about. Um, you do? That's a chart. Yeah, it's been in the works for so long oh. and um, I'm so excited to finally um, be able to tell everybody about it. So it's, again, like a really you know simple but fun 20-minute class on how to start charting your menstrual cycle. I've got brand new um, charts that people can download and print off and start charting i've got one that you can stick on the fridge and that's all over on my website as well um under the free class tab that is so generous of you thank you so so much claire and we wish you all the very best in the book launch i will link claire's instagram page in the show notes and she's just given you her beautiful website details thank you again claire all the best thanks so much katie it's been really fun